Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan. So real quick, please alerted me to this. I did not see it. My colleague over at SNY, Connor Hughes, who covers the NFL for SNY, was talking about um, the Jets quarterback coach. Let me just read these two tweets. Uh, Calabrese was a quarterback coach by title, but it was a developmental role. Greg Knapp, who was recommended by many, including Matt Ryan, was hired to guide Zach Wilson. They were inseparable at OTAs, and his tragic passing cannot be overlooked. He was the veteran coaching presence. We've talked about this many times. I am also familiar with Greg Knapp because he was with the Atlanta Falcons, and he was with that offense. Matt Ryan recommended him to get that job. He gets the job. He was supposed to be the guy. So Joe Douglas, you know, I knock him for having a rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback, and not having anybody to you know clearly develop him, but he did hire Greg Knapp, who unfortunately passed away. I mean, there's nothing he could do about that. So then they hired Kavanaugh to fill that void, but it's not the same thing. And it was Matt Ryan who told the Jets that there was no better person than Greg Knapp to help a young quarterback because of how he was able to relate to them and communicate with them. Mark my words. I don't care who says it. I know, this is not my opinion, I know Matt Ryan. I know everything about what he brings to a football team. Those of you who want to ignore the reality of what he has been his entire career, you'll look foolish. Oh, he's washed up, oh, he stinks, he's done. You're missing the point. He, Matt Ryan, would be the best thing that ever happened to the Jets franchise and definitely the best thing that ever happened to Zach Wilson and his potential development. And put it this way, if Matt Ryan couldn't teach Zach Wilson and make get the most out of him, nobody could. I'm doing you a favor here. I'm letting you know that that's who they should hire. If they were smart, they'd go get Matt Ryan. Nobody else is going to say that. Nobody. You know why? Because they're afraid of sounding like a fool. Because who would say that Matt Ryan off of this year with the Colts should be brought in to be the Jets quarterback? Nobody would say that. But I'm not afraid to say it because I believe it's the right move. They should do it. If they were smart, they would do it. And I think that there's a chance it does happen. 
assuming the Colts cut Matt Ryan, if the Jets are true to their word and really want to make the most out of Zach Wilson and develop him, and Joe Douglas is smart, and I think he is, they should look into Matt Ryan. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's got to start. I'm saying you bring Matt Ryan in to compete with Zach Wilson and teach Zach Wilson how to be a professional. Oh, and by the way, Matt Ryan won an MVP in this offense. You may be able to find a better quarterback. You cannot find a better quarterback for that situation if you're trying to salvage Wilson. If you want to move on from Wilson, then go find somebody else. And I will double down and say that if it were me, I'd personally rather have Matt Ryan than I would Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. Those guys on their best day can't compare to what Matt Ryan did. Look it up. Alex is calling from Linden. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's going on, Sal? i got uh, three quick things here for you. First of all, thank you. I'm working it overnight tonight. You're getting me through the night. I uh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate um, that, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of your uh, jobs you had in college, uh, the competitor, actually, So, without saying the name. Uh, um, wait, I'm confused now. What do you mean? What job did I have in college? I believe you worked at HD, correct? Oh, I did. Oh, you're working at Lowe's. Correct. I'm one of the managers doing an overnight. Oh, uh, so. yeah, I did. I was a Home Depot guy, orange apron and all. Yeah, man. One of those nights you got to do a special project, so thanks for getting me through the night, buddy. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, man. Um, I want to agree with your Omar Manaya take. I think him and Sabian are going to push Cashman at worst or looking over his shoulder at worst, right? He's got to come through this year with these two guys in the front office with him um, in the next couple of years. Um, also, just well, remember, quick, remember Cashman, Cashman hired these guys. Cashman just got extended to a four-year deal. He's secure in his position, which allows him to go out there and bring in big names, successful names like Brian Sabin and Omar Minaya. Correct. So I, so I, so I agree. I just think also maybe it's you know maybe kind of has him on his toes though too. You know, and it adds an element of someone else is maybe as smart as him in the room finally. You know, right? Um, of course. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how the dynamics will work. You know, we're assuming Cashman's going to have final say, but it's a collaborative effort and all that stuff. But I'd like to find out how it gets applied, what Brian Sabian says, what Omar Minaya says. You know, is it going to come down to a vote or, okay, is Cashman just going to listen to recommendations? You know, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a balance there as well, but it is fascinating to have those three guys, you know, uh, uh, being a part of the decision-making in that front office. Definitely. And my last part, I want to agree with you how, we can, and I don't want to sound insensitive, but the media has had to kind of be peeled back a little bit talking about football until Hamlin can get back to somewhat normal till he's finally out of critical condition. Mm-hmm. But I was talking with my girlfriend about this today. If he does make even, you know, mostly a full recovery, you'll see how it won't be forgotten about, but it'll be like a sigh of relief of we can talk football again, right? We can talk playoffs. We can. You know, but at the same time, if this young man unfortunately had passed away, you might have a different tone the rest of the playoffs. And I'm going to hang up and I'm going uh, to list you on that, man. Thank Thanks you, Alex. Out. Enjoy the overnight there. We appreciate you checking in. If things made a turn for the worse, it would have been a totally different feel. Where I firm, let, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, and I, I feel much more comfortable talking about this now that we know that Hamlin has shown signs of improvement. Now, look, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, this is life here. This is not, you, you, 
can't buy your way out of it. Things could go wrong. And I've been in these situations before with health and doctors and hospitals. It's You don't know. There is no controlling it. So right now, the fact that he's able to communicate through writing uh, is a huge sign. You know, that there's obviously significant improvement. Those are all great things. Hypothetically, if things went the other way and, God forbid, he passed away, this weekend's games would have been canceled for sure. You know, assuming that it happened in the last couple of days. This weekend's games would have been canceled for sure. And while I think that they would have resumed play at some point, I don't know if it could have even been resumed the following week. And without question, things would have been different or would be different if that were the case. Now, thankfully for Hamlin and his family, we don't have to you know, worry about that. But we talked about the collective exhale from not only the sports world, but the world in general. I mean, I think everybody was focused in on DeMar Hamlin and making sure he's okay. You feel better about talking about things. Players feel better about going out there and playing. I don't know what the feel would have been like had it gone the other way. I know it would have been different for the worse. I don't know how you would bounce back from that and play games where it would all just feel so meaningless. Now, life does go on regardless of circumstance and eventually it would have gone on but when that would have been a a big question a totally different story joe is calling from los angeles what's up joe hey sir how are you how are you joe i i am today years old because i found out as a Knicks fan i can't believe i overlooked this another reason why i always hate that jackson is Miratina and uh not a mission yeah did not know that. Oh yeah, understand. no, the Knicks. The Knicks oh, famously God. passed on Donovan Mitchell for Neil Aquina. Yeah, I don't. What was this man looking at? Phil Jackson. That was his last pick. The triangle <laughs> offense. Neil, can you imagine? And then you wonder why the Knicks have sucked for twenty five years because they make draft picks like Frank Neil Aquina over Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and then they had the opportunity to get him, and I, and I didn't really get a chance to like listen to you much like during the summer or when towards like you know the season started where I didn't know what your thoughts were on that. The Knicks when they were trying to get him. I'm like, why not? I mean, like, he got nothing to lose. I'm like, this guy, now this guy goes out and drops 71 points in the game. Like, yeah, he's been, he's been a beast. I mean, we did hear a lot of things, though. Oh, Mitchell doesn't play any defense. The problem is nobody plays any defense in today's NBA. So you were exactly. hearing, oh, well, Mitchell and Gobert, they couldn't get it done in Utah. Why would you think he's going to be the guy? But the, the tie-in here was that, you know, he's from here. His father works for the Mets. He's a big Mets fan. I mean, it would have been – to have a superstar player – from this town, be here as a Nick to help turn things around. It would have been great, but unfortunately, it couldn't get done, and Cleveland ended up getting more in their yeah. package than what the Knicks were willing to offer. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, just um, three quick uh, points to run you up against this. One, um, I think, uh, and I, I'm not a, a New York uh, football area team fan. I'm actually like a fan of like the Jaguars. Just when I was a kid, my first jersey was a Mark Brunel jersey. So you're a Jaguar fan. Yeah, that was my first jersey. Yeah, I respect so, it. I, I was, I had Dion with the Falcons, and I, I can yeah. understand that Jaguars were a thing back then. That's interesting. I, that was the first jersey, and I used to play. I remember they were the two secret teams on a Madden '95. So that's when I got like them and the Carolina Panthers. So I got hit to them, but I took the Jaguars. Madden '95. I remember it well. Yes. For yes. Sega Genesis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yep. Hell yeah. So, 
I think they're in the kind of same position as us we were in about three, two or two, three years ago when I wish Carlson just would have made the right decision when we had the defense, we had the offense, we just didn't have a quarterback. And even though Border performed well in that postseason, the writing was on the wall. He wasn't the guy. And what did they do? They extended him, they gave him an extra chance, and then the team fell apart and imploded. And we're, we're, we're coming back a little bit now due to the coaching staff, you know, well, you hired a, and thanks for the call, Joe. Your line cut out. It was uh, shaky to begin with. But they hired a real head coach, Doug Peterson. No doubt about it. Super Bowl winning head coach. Look what happened. Shocker. See, the Jets need to operate more like the Jaguars. Where even though Om- um, Omar and I, I'm looking at Omar on TV. Even though Urban Meyer was a total flop, nobody anticipated that that was going to be the case. Urban Meyer was one of the biggest names out there. And the Jaguars, to their credit, went out there and hired the big, or one of the biggest names out there. And to their credit, it was a total disaster and a flop. And they moved on and went out there and got what? Another big-name head coach. A Super Bowl-winning head coach. And the Jets keep hiring first-time guys. It's not a coincidence that the Jaguars have had success in year two of Trevor Lawrence with year one of Doug Peterson teaching him along, helping him along. You could see the difference. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever you want to discuss on this football Friday. Perfect parlay picks coming up at 340. The hottest picks in the game coming up at 3 o'clock with Taylor Mathis. Looking forward to talking to her and getting some props for this weekend. Week 18 in the NFL. Giants, you know, it's hard to give a pick where you don't even know who's going to be playing or not. What's going You could assume the Giants are going to rest their starters and we'll find out soon enough, but not soon enough, obviously. 877-337-6666. Joe is calling from Secaucus. What's up, Joe? Sally Walnuts. Happy New Year. How are you, my friend? First good, time, long time. Good, Joe. We appreciate you checking in. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, talking about Big Blue, about, uh, as you just saying, about resting the players. Mm-hmm. I think you got to rest as much as you can because, obviously, we know this game means nothing, and I don't want to hear about psyche and rhythm and momentum. The professional athletes, they could play after a week off. What do you think, Sal? Well, I like the idea of having them go out there and play and use the momentum. So I think you can make an argument both ways we have for the last couple of days. Yeah, but what about Gossip to get a freak injury, Sal? Somebody rolls on the ankle, this and that, then I get nuts, and I can't afford to get nuts, if you know what I mean. I, I get it, but freak injuries can happen. I mean, the Giants themselves have had players getting hurt during a bye week this year. So you make it like... There's no way, there's no way, Joe, to prevent injuries from happening. Now you can limit, you can limit the uh, amount of risk that you put out there. Like if they don't dress Daniel Jones, obviously he's going to be less likely to get hurt by not playing in the game. He he's got to rest. Barkley's got to rest. Feliciano has to rest on the defense. 
to me, it's got to be Lawrence. It's got to be Leonard Williams and the linebacker. Uh, but rest for uh, what? Kalahari. I mean, I'll rest for what? You are you worried about them getting hurt? Do you want? Yes, I do. I really, I'm real. I'm worried. Uh, they could roll over Minnesota and take their chances in the divisional round. You, you give them another week off, even a. But what makes you? But what makes you think? Why would it not benefit them? I mean, I'm assuming you were a Giants fan back in 2007, right? Oh yeah, I go back to uh, Ray Burke. Okay, right. So there, so you saw in 2007. Yeah, I know. I got. Well, you. well, I it did. It it happened though. I mean, it it it. You saw it happen to where they played hard against the Patriots. They ended up seeing them again. It's more likely they will see the Eagles again than it was back then that they would see the Patriots. And it ended up working to their favor. What happens if you go out there and play hard against the Eagles and beat the Eagles? Think about how good that would be for the Giants. How much good that would do for the players, for the organization. You wouldn't feel great if they beat the Eagles, a team oh, who needs I would to win? I would love to, uh, you know, of course, run them over. Definitely. They need a beaten. But well, I just, and also I for, something wh- happens. Why do you think, why do you feel confident the Giants are going to beat Minnesota? Uh, only because Minnesota doesn't scare me. Uh, the but whole why? game of Kirk Cousins, to me, to me, he's an average quarterback with a decent team around him. I think the Giants match up well. And if the Giants don't beat themselves on the third down that gets called, um, that gets uh, gets called back from a penalty, that gets from a first down, I think they could play with this team like they did uh, a few weeks ago. Well, that's my point. The reason why you think they could beat Minnesota is you saw them play with them a couple of weeks ago. So. Correct. So if they went out there and played like that against Philadelphia, now all of a sudden, and forget what we think, but it would change my opinion if the Giants went out there and played well against Philadelphia and kept themselves in the game, if not won the game, what happens then when they face Philadelphia? How do the Giants players themselves feel about that game? You'd feel like, hey, you know what? We play, we went toe-to-toe with this team. We could go beat them. All right. All right. I'll buy that theory. I got you. So that's kind of my point, Joe, and thank you for the call. And I don't think there's... Are right or wrong here? You can say that you like. I get why people are saying they don't want the Giants to play their starters. I understand it, and it's always a tricky thing, especially when you're talking about Daniel Jones and Barkley, two guys who have been injured quite a bit. So. You're you're getting nervous. You're thinking, oh, man, I don't want to mess up anything. You know, one game to get through before the postseason. I don't want to take a chance and have these guys get hurt. But you're also thinking with a scared-slash-negative mind frame. I know the reality is guys could get hurt. But there's another reality that not everybody gets hurt all the time. And they've made it this far. What's one more game? And think about the momentum that you'd potentially be giving up on by sitting your starters and then having to pick it back up in the wild card round versus playing your starters, whether it's three quarters, a half, whatever it may be. But I don't care if they want to split the baby and have a you know have it halfway. I'm not saying you're gonna go nuts and go full bore and be reckless. You want to protect Daniel Jones at all costs. You want to limit Saquon Barkley's touches, whatever. But think about the good that it could do by playing hard and proving to yourselves that you can compete, if not beat, the Philadelphia Eagles. Because the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, right? They've been the uh, best team in the NFC all year long. Well, there are a lot of people that feel the way that I do that look at the Giants with limitations. 
and say, yeah, okay, maybe they could, maybe they could beat Minnesota, and that's only because I saw them play well against Minnesota. But they can't beat the Niners. They can't beat the Cowboys. They can't beat the Eagles. But if they go out there Sunday and show you that they, in fact, can beat the Eagles, then who can't they beat in the NFC? I like the idea of going, going hard. Andrew's calling from Queens. What's up, Andrew? What's up, Sal? How are we doing? How are you, Andrew? All is well, all is well. Listen, I got to tell you, I, the Giants, I'm not saying they have to play everybody. I think the only two guys that should be sitting are Saquon and Leonard Williams. And the reason why is because, look, I don't want the Giants to get trounced by the Eagles again. And the Eagles have shown they don't care. The Eagles are playing for something. They want to make a statement, too. You got to look at this as an Eagles fan. The Eagles want to make a statement going into the playoffs saying, hey, you know, we lost, you know, a few times. We're not this powerhouse that people thought we were. We want to make a statement. And I don't want them making a statement at the Giants' expense. And mind you, there's only so many guys you can rest. The Giants still have to put guys out there. And this is almost the same team right. that got trounced by the Eagles. So, look, what you could do is you could play hard for the first half. If you want to rest Daniel Jones after the second half, that's fine. As long as the Giants keep the game competitive with their players, that's all I'm asking for. I just it, it, imagine, Sal. Imagine if the final score again is like forty-three to twelve or forty-three to seventeen. How's that going to feel for, for the Giants team going into a team? And look, not that the Vikings scare me. They, they the Giants proved that they could hang with them, and that's why that was the game that everyone that that I was comparing the Patriots situation to. It was like watching that game goes look. The Vikings have a great record, but we can hang with them. That's the game that I'm looking at. Not right, so much this right, because game. you saw it, but you, exactly. but you, but you saw that happen. But you also, because I hear it from you, Andrew, you also get the feeling that the Giants are going to get spanked again by the Eagles. Now, why yeah. is that? Because it happened, and Correct. we all saw it happen. So, so that's that's that... exactly my point, right? There's a reason why right. you and I are in agreement. There's a reason why I believe the Giants can beat Minnesota. I'm not saying they will. I'm yeah. saying there's a reason why I believe they can, because we saw them almost do it. And there's a reason why I don't think they can touch the Eagles or the Cowboys, because I didn't see them do it. Sal, if if Sal, they go been... do it, it changes our minds and theirs. Right, and then how how many years? Look, I'm I'm a diehard Giants fan. I know you watch all the games as well. How many times have the Giants beat the Cowboys and the Eagles in the last ten years? Right, you can no. probably count on 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 maybe two hands in the last ten years. So again, like I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of hope against the Eagles or the Cowboys until I see them do it. And so, mind you, again, if they're able just to keep the game competitive, I'll be happy with that. But they cannot afford to be getting trounced again. They can't because that kills any sort of psyche, any sort of you know good feeling you have going into the playoffs. And I, I, I get it; you're not really playing for anything. But I think you need to at least you know run the plays. You need to be competitive because God forbid, like I said, they get trounced again. It's not going to be good. So yeah. have a good night, Sal. I'll keep listening. Next lap. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you checking in. I, I'm in agreement with you. Now, the to your point, if they do start. You know, at least if they play the backups for the most part and they get trounced, you can make an excuse. Well, we didn't have our guys there. And if they get their regulars in there and they get trounced, then it's like, uh-oh, dual dose of reality. You you want to, it's a very fine line, you want to make sure you're confident and you keep the momentum going into the postseason. However, if you get punched in the mouth and run over again by the Eagles, how's that going to be for your confidence moving forward? I, I still think you need to go out there, and again, I'm not saying go pedal to the metal and put Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley or anybody else in harm's way, but I am saying that I think it 
sends the right message to go out there and compete to try to win that football game, at least from the start, and then see how the game goes. You know, see how the first half goes, and if you decide you want to bench Daniel Jones after that, fine. Play a half, at least, of competitive, hard-nosed football and go toe-to-toe with this team. Prove to yourselves and to others that you've got it, that you can contend with them. That's what I'd like to see. Now, if they decide to rest everybody, so be it. It happens. Not the end of the world. Wouldn't go nuts. But you also leave yourself open to second-guessing. I guess you do that either way because you could have somebody get hurt and then it's, ah, see, I told you. Why'd you address everybody? You should have sat him on the bench. The game means nothing. How could you do that? You just ruined the season. But if you have... You know, players sit and you get beat by Minnesota and they're saying, oh, we're rusty. We should have played hard last week. And there's there's really no perfect answer for it other than to go win the Minnesota game after that. Joe or whatever, whoever they end up playing in wildcard round. Joe is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal. What's going on? Just a little change of pace on a couple of Mets baseball. Sure. Yeah, so the whole Carl, Carlos Correa situation, uh, just, you know, a couple things. Dating back to when... Um, Cohen broke the news himself. Obviously, he might have jumped the gun, and obviously the medicals came back, and there's a whole, you know, the drama going on now. Um, first of all, I don't think it's Cohen. If this turns sour, this can't, no, no Mets fan can put this on Cohen. He tried. He's doing everything he could. We could agree on that? Yes. I think, as a matter of fact, with or without Correa signing, I'm already beyond pleased with what Steve Cohen did by agreeing to the initial deal with Correa because I never thought that the Mets would be players at that contract. You know, for a shorter contract, big AAV, fine. Maybe they get involved. For a $300-plus million contract at 12 years on top of everything the Mets have done, that showed me all I needed to see in that Steve Cohen is going to do whatever it takes to win. So even if they don't work out a deal, I know Cohen will go get the next best guy. Right, right. No, exactly. So, yeah, that's the first thing. I don't want no one bashing Colin. He's doing everything he could. Secondly, though, I don't see this ending anyway but Correa on the Mets. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the Heyman report today, that had to be leverage on Correa's camp. But, you know, Colin, he's too invested now. He he made his comments. I think Correa has to, has to be a Met this year and, you know, for the next 12. Well, I mean, I don't know how long the deal is going to be, Joe, and thank you for the call. I do feel like at this point it seems inevitable that Carlos Correa will be a Met, and maybe that's what's frustrating Scott Boris and Correa's camp, that maybe they feel like they lost a little bit of leverage, which is why you get the report about another team getting involved. You never know. I mean, Boris doesn't care where the player ends up. He wants the best contract for his player. Maybe Correa wants to be with the Mets, and maybe this is a tactic to scare Steve Cohen and the Mets a little bit. Ultimately, I don't think Steve Cohen... See, here's where the Mets and Cohen should bend a little bit. Not break, but bend a little bit. Carlos Correa, in the first three to five years of that contract, could be the difference in the Mets winning a World Series or two or three, whatever. He could be the difference in the Mets winning a World Series or multiple World Series in those first few years or first five years. You're not, this is not like the Giants where you're trying to get back to being respectable and be a good team and put a team together. Carlos Correa for the Mets 
should be the final piece. Now, I know they're going to make moves in season and you know tweak little things here or there, but he's the final piece to their championship puzzle. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. It means that when you're constructing a team, he's the last big piece that they need. That's why Cohen went overboard to get him. And that's why I think ultimately Cohen won't let him go. Specifically because he can make the difference now. If Carlos Correa signs with the Mets and wins a World Series in the first year or the second year, do you think anybody would give a crap about year 8, 9, 10? Would anybody care about year 5, 6, 7? If he won a World Series in year 1? No matter what happens the rest of that contract, you're saying it's worth it. And ultimately, Boris knows that. Cohen knows that. And you can negotiate and come up with scare tactics and and all that stuff. But I have a hard time thinking Correa at this point is going to want to go elsewhere. And I have a hard time thinking Steve Cohen, who is this close, this close, my fingers are together, this close, to finishing off what he believes is a championship ball club. There's no way he's going to let that go. It's different if the player had question marks about being healthy this year. But you know for the first few years you're getting the best of Carlos Correa. So who cares about the latter years when you're trying to win a World Series now? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan. I got to get the uh, the perfect parlay standings. 
As yeah, here it is. I usually rip them out of the old notebook here. I gotta get a new notebook, I think. Man, what an antiquated system I have. Uh, we'll go over that coming up at 340. I have to look at the line. I haven't even done it yet. The perfect parlay. As we're nearing an end in the regular season, of course, we'll continue this throughout the course of the postseason. By the way, I should say, I know I tweeted this out, and we'll say it to the overnight audience, I will be, for the rest of the football season, joining the Moose on his Sunday football show uh, starting 9 a.m. this Sunday. I think we're 9 to 12. I'm not sure if that's the schedule every Sunday or just certain Sundays. But either way, the football show with Malusis on Sunday, I will be rejoining my former tag team partner over at SMY. Worked with Moose for like 10 years or so every night at SMY. And obviously we've been great friends, you know, since our younger days at the fan behind the scenes. Then we had the opportunity to work together at SMY for a while, but it's been a while since we did a show together because he left SMY to go to Picks. And I think we've only done like one or two radio shows together, filling in over the course of the summer a couple years ago. And now I'll be with him for at least the you know remainder of this football season. Every single Sunday, I'll be joining him for his NFL, uh, or not NFL, I shouldn't say that, for his football show. I don't think you could say. Remember Mike used to do it with the NFL Now? All right. It was the NFL Now, and now it's Football Sunday. So I don't think you could use uh, the NFL moniker. Either way, Football Sunday with Malusis. And Lakata for the next, uh, for the final weeks of uh, the NFL season. Yoshir is calling from Lakewood. What's up, Yoshir? What's going on, Mark? Uh, well, I'm I mean, Sal. Yeah, Sal. That's, a, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Talking about All right. Um, I wanted to say that the Giants should not start Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones because he, it's not it's not worth it. And I don't understand the whole momentum thing. Even if they win, that there's not that much momentum, and on the uh, on the chance that they lose, it's just momentum the other way. Mm-hmm. So, what, and so they're probably not winning. All right. So, what, what do you mean? So, what if they're probably not winning? So you just give up? You just don't want to play the game? Have everybody? No, sick? you don't. You don't give. Up. No, not everyone. It's a case by case because some players need to play. Like let's say McKinney, mm-hmm. he hasn't played in a month. Right, but what but, if he gets hurt? What? Well, he should play because he hasn't played. Right, but, but what if what if he gets hurt? I mean, are we worried about getting guys hurt or not? I mean, I, I just... Well, Daniel Jones, this is his first season that he didn't get hurt, right? Right. He, he's not injury prone, but, you know, like, you can't take the risk. And and Barkley, after you overworked him, you saw he... Yeah, Barkley, I think, I think you have a good argument with Barkley where... And the Giants have done that anyway. They've managed his workload well this year. I get what you're saying, and I do think, Yoshir, and tell me if you agree or not, I do think the fact that Jones and Barkley have been off injured, or Barkley has been you know, overworked, whatever you want to say, and Jones has always been injured, I do think that should play at least a little part in the decision-making. Right. Like, if it were just, if it, were, right. if it were Eli, and thanks for the call, Yoshir, we appreciate checking in. If it were Eli, you wouldn't worry about it, right? The guy never gets hurt. He plays, so what's the difference? But with Daniel Jones, plus his game with running the football is conducive to getting hurt, eh, then you have a little bit of an issue. I still think the best thing to do is play them, at least for the first half. See how the game goes. Play your starters. I saw it work to perfection in 2007. I do think the Giants have to... You know, forget about us. They need to prove to themselves that they can compete with the Eagles. If they get beat, you know, you have to shake it off and move on. 
But you can't be... See, I'm getting the sense that the Giant fan, while you may not want to admit it, if you're being true blue with us, you're scared of the Eagles. I mean, that's the reality. You're scared of the Eagles. I don't think Dable, Daniel Jones, say. I don't think the Giants themselves are scared of the Eagles. I think the Giants fans know the reality. And it's not a good reality based on what we've seen, based on the Eagles' dominance this year, not only head-to-head, but just overall. That could change for the better if the Giants play their starters and go out there and win. I know it's unlikely, but you can't tell me it can't happen. It's possible. Mike is calling from Marine Park. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Mike? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to say that. Uh, we'll move on from Mike. I don't know what he's going to say. Rob is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Rob? Hey, Sal. How you doing, brother? How are you, Rob? Good to hear right. from you. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, um, the, the, we should be afraid of the Eagles. And like you said, a good point about that season when they played all out against the Patriots. If I was a coach, which I'm not, obviously, but if I was, I would play my starters the first half and see where the game is going. Right. I like it. You know, you just you, you know you need the confidence going into the players. That that catapulted the Giants in 2007, as well as they played the Patriots. That gave them the confidence, even though they lost that game. That was one of the most competitive games that the Patriots played that year. Co- correct. And, and Rob, you think they could beat the Vikings? Yes, I do. Why? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Why? Why? Because the last the Vikings defense is suspect. They're not. They're not great defense. They can score points, but I'm just a fan, and that's why I'm going where I think they could beat them. Well, but you but you saw them almost beat them a couple of weeks ago, right? Right. Okay, so that's why. I mean, if if the Giants got slaughtered in that game or that mm. game never happened, we'd be sitting here saying, oh, I don't know if they could beat Minnesota. No. I have no idea. Minnesota on paper is pretty good. Yeah, they may have some weaknesses. Yeah, Kirk Cousins stinks. But the fact that we actually saw them – Nearly beat Minnesota. I think that's what makes fans comfortable, Giants fans comfortable about going into that game. They're very similar because they both win the same way. Like they all, they both play close, close games, so it could go either way. Minnesota's so, got explosive playmakers. They do on offense, do. though, but, but and what even Cousins. If, if, if our cornerback uh, uh, Amari Jackson comes back, Adoree Jackson, yeah, rest running uh, Williams because he's a little banged up. I mean, I wouldn't play. Uh, it's not like a regular game. I would, I would rest people's kind of nicked up. But I would play this game to win, and and if, like I said, by the second half, if they're down twenty-one-three. You know what? Then we just want to hey, we ain't going to risk no injuries. Daniel Jones, uh, Barkley, you know, our starters, people we need. But I would definitely play all out and and, and see what we can do at least the first half. And just I just want to end it on this: the kid comes out that bad situation, Demar, and what's the first thing that brother asks? Yeah, did we win? Did right, we win the game. I'm not a religious person, but God, wow, man. You know, crazy, man. So That is that is so, it's literally unbelievable. Unbelievable, bro. When I heard that, that made me almost cry. I don't want to sound, you know. I don't even, it's 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 so, like, I don't even know if I actually believe it. Game. <laughs> I don't even know, Rob, and thank you for the call, man. I appreciate checking right, bro, in. Thank you, thank yep, you. Good luck to your Giants. I honestly don't even know if I believe it. Now, I'm not saying that they're making up lies and it didn't happen, but that's how unbelievable that is. That's the first thing he says, that we win the game. 
Crazy. It's just what great news to hear about DeMar Hamlin. Makes everything everything back to enjoyable again as opposed to just feeling sick and depressed about what was going on with him. Jack is in Brooklyn. What's up, Jack? Hey, Sal. Hi, Jack. Big fan, big fan. Um, listen, Sal. Uh, Daniel Jones. He's been he's been knocked and knocked all over again, again and again since since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is what I want to say that you know since the first game of his career, if you remember, a few years ago, where he put up a thirty spot and he rent led them on a game winning drive. I always thought the talent was there, so I'm not sure why was everyone always so down on him. You know, all well, he had big- to do was. He had a lot of well, but that was a big deal. A lot of the turnovers in the beginning, you know, and then in different offense, he never looked as good as year one in year two or three. And by the way, he still hasn't looked as good as year one as far as throwing the football since. So we haven't seen that, and we saw the turnovers get cleaned up, which was a huge part of it. But there was a lot there. He was a rookie quarterback, and to the Giants organizational's fault, they kept messing around with them. They, they with the different coordinators, different head coaches. They admitted they screwed him up. They did everything they could to screw him up, screw him up, and they did. And Brian Dable uh, ended up saving him. So the Giants get credit for the hire. They get credit for being patient with Jones, and they get credit for hiring the right guy to turn him around. And Jones has been successful, but he still hasn't been an explosive quarterback through the air. We we need to see that at some point. Yeah, but let's be honest. He hasn't had a number one receiver since he's come into the league. The best receiver he's had has been Sterling Shepard, I would say. So I would I would have to believe with the talent he has, and after cutting off cutting cutting all those turnovers, he with with a couple of weapons, he could be a real he could be fringe top ten quarterback. I mean, why not? Well, I mean, because he's not good enough if, to to say why. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in. I don't know if we need to get into the top ten elite. I mean, Marco, you and I have been talking about this for weeks. It's the same thing with with Daniel Jones, like. Does it really matter? The facts are, and there's no bigger Giants fan than Marco Belletti, the facts are Daniel Jones has led this team to the postseason. They're Mm -hmm. a playoff team with minimal talent. I know Dable gets credit, Mm -hmm. but they're a playoff team with minimal talent that is led by the quarterback play of Daniel Jones and going to the postseason. No doubt. So why do we need to talk about top 10, top 15, elite this, elite that? Everybody gets caught up in all that nonsense, and it's nice, it's fine, it's, you know, fantasy stuff, it's whatever, and you want it to be where, again, you get caught up in the rankings. Like, who the hell cares? You're in the playoffs because... Of him and your good team this year because he's played that well and you think you may have solved your future quarterback issue. That's more important than anything else. Is Daniel Jones your quarterback moving forward? That's enormous. Because coming into this year was all about, well, how bad are they going to be? And then where are they going to pick? And then who are they going to get? Because who's the guy that Dable is going to wind up picking as his quarterback? I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion. I think they have one already. You think uh, everybody in this town owes Dave Gettleman an apology? No. I mean, he did draft Daniel Jones. Yes, he did. He also drafted DeAndre Baker in the first round. I know, I know. About a billion other mistakes. All the the bad head coaching hires may be his biggest fault. Yeah, I mean, obviously two of them. Yeah. Uh, Never mind the Kenny Galladay contract. And he made, look. But it's like the opposite of Joe Douglas. He got everything else wrong but the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he got, look, there's a couple of picks that are, there's a bunch, actually. Gettleman had a lot of good mixed in with a lot of garbage. But, I mean, if right. if, If Daniel Jones... He gets credit for that. He gets credit for Andrew Thomas. He got ripped when he picked him first right. out of all the tackles. 
Turns out to be, hey, he's a damn good player. The Aziz Ojolari, like, there's some I guys. Think you, I know, I think you own him. Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, there's some guys that he did take. Now, he had a lot of garbage that went along with it. So, apology, mm, I'm not going that far. He still screwed up the entire salary cap and made so many mistakes. And again, Pat Shermer <laughs> and, and Joe Judge, yeah. that takes the cake right off the top. So, no, I'm not going to apology, no. Yeah, but. And he deserves at least some of the credit for bringing in the the players. And getting the quarterback right, that's a big deal. A little bit. I'm going to give Shermer Mm. a lot of credit where no one does. I think he was the the real reason the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. Right. And I think he was the guy that was banging the drum for him. And I think he showed. He played well in that offense. He really did. He really, really did. That's the he thing wasn't that it, there yet as far as being a professional quarterback because he was you know, turning the ball over all that. But he, he was he, turning the ball over. What did he play, 11 games in his rookie year? He threw right, like 24 he touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't start the year. I mean, Eli was the quarterback to begin the right. first three weeks. And he had, I heard it at the end, Eli had the game against the Dolphins, mm-hmm. a game against the Eagles. He played maybe 11 games, through 24 touchdowns. Right. We forget that. Has he come close to that since? No, no right? Yeah. He hasn't sniffed it. Right, exactly. Even this year. If he, he had them all up. He ran he... the rushing touchdowns. He's at what, 20? What does he have? He is 15, right, through the year? Roughly. Right. I think we went over at 15 and 5 or something last night. That's the big key. Is that I think it was 24-12. Those right. are his rookie numbers, touchdowns, interceptions. Which for a rookie, that's that's good. Never mind in 11 games. That was where I kept going back to. And then again, then you went into the Joe Judge neutering of Daniel Jones, mm. and now he's out on the other side with Dable where it's now he's combining no more mistakes or limited mistakes. He made a few. Right. Limited mistakes. Now again, the next next year we're already looking for it. Can he marry can he marry the the two where it's can he make the big play and get back to the guy that was he was throwing downfield to Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was finding guys left and right rookie year. Can he find those guys next year and not make the mistakes and actually make the big plays along with it? Yeah. And but to your point, the Giants have found their franchise quarterback without I mean, having to go into the draft and without he's not going to break the bank. I mean, Ryan Tannehill was the Titans franchise quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be moving forward after this year, but he was to be a franchise quarterback. It's not like you have to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? You and again, but I think Daniel Jones has the ability to get past. He's not just He's got a guy. another level. You think he's got another level? I do. I think he's got more. But we need to see that. We need to see that next year. But I think the fact that he's automatically, I don't think anybody is really talking about, they still have to sign him. He doesn't have the option. Right. They've got to. You think other teams would want him? Yeah. Like, I th- it to got what to, extent? Like, I said three or four weeks ago, I thought it was a marriage of convenience. He'll get a two, three-year deal. The Giants want him. He's got nowhere else to go. Right. It works out. I think he's gotten past that. I think there are teams that will look at it and go, you know what? How about the Titans? I know they got, you know, yeah. Malik. Yeah, yeah, do they yeah. go that down that road? They've got a rookie. I get it. Uh, Washington? How many mistakes have they made in the quarterback position? Right. I don't know. Maybe they, they move I on know, from what they got. If, if you're another team. If you're the Jets, is he better than Mike White? Maybe you go down that road and you feel like, you know, Zach Wilson's yeah. unsalvageable. I think there are a few teams that are out there. The Raiders are obviously moving on from Derek Carr. Right. Do they want this as their stopgap? I don't know. Are the Falcons married to Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Like, there's some teams yeah, but, out there. But for those teams, like, if from a Falcons perspective, just to give you one example, if you were to tell me that they were moving on from Ritter and they brought in Daniel Jones, I'd be like, what? That's the move you're going to make? I, I, if you tell me Brian Dable, and I'm, Atlanta doesn't need a coaching change. I like Arthur Smith. But if you tell me Brian Dable is coming along with Daniel I Jones, it. I know what I'm getting. If you send me Daniel Jones without Brian Dable, 
I don't know if that's a package that I want. I get it, but I like I said, I think there are teams out there. The Saints, do they want Andy Dalton? Do they want Jameis Winston? Well, the, the point is there's, quarterback player on the league sucks. Like, and there's, there's plenty of spots where they can look at Daniel Jones and actually say he's a starting quarterback in the league and I could build around him. Yeah, might be able to be better than what we have. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.